cast for magic. We come to the Pope on Film podcast to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. All of us. That indescribable feeling we get, which I'm describing literally right now. So how describable are we talking about here? That indescribable feeling we get when the Liz a Day theme song begins to play and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. <laughs> Dazzling images on a small Twitch stream, stream, sound that is sound, somehow, Amaland horse erotica feels good in a podcast like this. Bunny Williams feels like the stoned parts of us, and May Lynn feels perfect and powerful because here they are. The Pope on Film podcast. We make movies better. the Pope in question. My name is Reverend May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. This is episode 461 of the podcast. Yes, yes, little Lebowski Urban Achievers and proud we are of all of that. Funny! Yes! This is not Jeff! Just want to make that clear. No Jeff! No Jeff? This upcoming, this upcoming segment is, in fact, not a reoccurring opening podcast segment entitled Jeff, a.k.a. the Betty White Memorial podcast segment brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Download today. Because this time I thought I'd do something different. I thought I'd toss things up in the intro. So today we are going back to the 1970s with an all-new opening segment that I like to call the Pope on Film Variety Hour! Okay. I just thought the name sounded cool. This has nothing to do with the 1970s. I just like the idea of the Pope on Film Variety Hour. I just like to mentally picture you and I coming out in, like, sequin jumpsuits. 
Yeah. Doing like an up with people musical number <laughs> to like some what? Who's that? Special guest Harvey Corman. You know, I like it. So, uh, the Pope on Film Variety Hour is brought to you this week by McDonald's. It's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. And by Dolly Madison Zingers. Bit of news bumper. Yes. This first bit of news is just mwah, chef's kiss in parentheses. This bit of news is actually from 2020, but it has been going viral, viral again online and on the social medias. On December 1st, 2020, an anti-gay Hungarian politician named Joseph Sager. Joseph there's a, there's a Z in the first name and a Z in the last name. And he just sprinkled with Zs. Uh, Joseph Sager, a far-right politician who played a key role in the country's crackdown on LGBTQ rights in Hungary, was caught trying to flee the scene of a 25-man gay sex orgy. Nice! Hooray! That's how you do it. <coughs> the nation's leading anti-gay bigot breached the nation's strict COVID lockdown policies to go to a gay orgy, and when police arrived, he attempted to flee the orgy by jumping through the window. Like you do. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, when it comes to the far right, no matter the country, no matter the circumstances... Far-right accusations are always confessions. Always. Oh, God, yeah. For example, in America right now, the right is absolutely obsessed with Hunter Biden and the Biden's crime family and the Biden corruption. And because Trump and his entire family royally screwed over the entire nation, every far-right accusation is a confession. And so when conservative Christians, with finger quotes, uh, attack me online, I know that they have a folder titled "Shemale porn somewhere on their computer. Yeah. Yes, they do. That's just a, that's just a fact. Sure. Look at the camera. Hi, Eleanor. Say hi. So say it again. Out to her own house. Yes, Emerald is moving out. Mm -hmm. Eleanor wanted to bring this up because that means that you have your own room now. Yeah. So, hooray. We mentioned that. What did I just do? Well, how, Am I still how, on? Yes. Yeah. How does that work? Is it like kind of a domino? Yes. Uh, Emerald moved out. Emerald moved out, so Mal got. So Emerald moved out, so Amber got Emerald's room. So that means Eleanor has their own room. And then when Amber moves out, Mal will get Amber's room, and Max will get his own room. It's a whole thing. So it is very much a domino effect, though. 
that so, is true. So is, is Mal possibly sitting on the couch circling apartment ads? And <laughs> I'm not. Leave, I'm not leaving sure. him under Amber's like dinner plate or something. <laughs> yeah, Amber's Amber's chomping at the bit to get out of the house. In lighter news, the atomic bomb. Yay! So Japan has been pretty pissed off about all the Barbie Heimer memes. And understandable. So uh, people in Japan countered by posting Barbie 9-11 memes. Yeah. Online. And uh, Japan was all like, yeah, you don't like that, do ya? And I, you know, fair point, I think. Quite possibly. It's kind of effed up that we did make a movie which is basically America bravely, heroically bombed the shit out of the Japanese. And so, like, I did not complete the viral Barbenheimer challenge. I don't have any no. particular want or need to go see Oppenheimer. No, and like... Like, that's the part I'm glad is is over, or hopefully over soon. The Barbieheimer thing was cute at first. Oh, look at these two mm -hmm. radically different movies coming out on the same day. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. Barbie and Obina. Yeah, that was cute. But, like, after a while, it's like, oh, fucking stop it already. Like, you're running this joke into the ground. These movies Absolutely. have nothing to do with each other. You can see one yeah. without seeing the other. Yeah, I, and it just I don't. Tells I me just that don't particularly. Made a lot care. more money than it really should have. Yeah. And to be clear, I'm not just saying that I don't want to see Oppenheimer. Because my older brother Joe said that he loved it. Oh, picture of the year. Superb acting. So beautifully haunting. My brother has also been posting a lot of Joe Rogan clips on his Facebook, which should tell you a lot about my older brother. Yes. I saw a review of Oppenheimer that said spoiler-free review, and it's like, damn it! Ah! I've been wondering if, if if America ever dropped that bomb. Yeah. Man, now I'll we'll never know. No, I, I, I am probably never going to see this movie. I saw Fat Man and Little Boy with Paul Newman, John Cusack, and a whole <laughs> bunch of other great people. I don't need this. I've seen this story. Yeah. I, uh... It's like watching another Titanic movie. You know? Instead of instead of watching the three-hour Oppenheimer, I'd rather watch Atomic Cafe twice. Now, Atomic now, that's Cafe a great is a documentary. That's a wonderful, incredible, superb documentary. Mm -hmm. I'd watch that twice before I saw Oppenheimer once. But on the subject of Oppenheimer and Barbenheimer, did you hear about AMC Theaters, Bunny? 
not lately. The last I heard was they were going to uh, be putting in like preferred seating prices or some weird shit like that. Oh yeah, they 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 gave that up. Uh, but thanks to the one-two punch of Barbie and Oppenheimer, AMC theaters had the single highest grossing weekend in the company's 103-year history. Wow. Isn't that a, isn't that freaking amazeballs? That blows my mind. Oppenheimer would not have done as well uh, as as it did if it wasn't for the fact that Barbie was coming out no. the same day. Like, Barbie saved Oppenheimer. Yeah. But, um, as I said earlier, I have no interest in completing the Barbenheimer challenge. However, uh, first off, I'm really excited that because of Barbie and Oppenheimer, more people can get the uh, new thing that I made for the intro for the intro of this podcast. Yes, I'm happy that more Americans are realizing that somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. I'm happy about that, but I have no interest in watching Barbenheimer. However. Did you hear about what's happening at the end of September, Bonnie? I think I heard something stupid, but my mind blocked it out. What is it? Saw Patrol! Oh, Saw Patrol. On September 29th, Saw 10 and Paw Patrol 2 are coming out. And that one, I absolutely intend to watch the both of those films on the same day. The, The problem that I'm having right now is... Bunny, which one should I go see first? Should I go see Saw 10? Man, or should I, I go see Paw Patrol? Either one of them. Like, in my mind, I assumed that I'd see Saw first because I've seen all of the Saw films. We did the Summer of Saw. And, and then, if the movie's really fucked up, I can go see Paw Patrol and it'll be like I'm power-washing my brain. Yeah. But the kids pointed out the kids pointed out something really wonderful when I was talking to them about Saw Patrol, which is I won't want to see the fucking Paw Patrol movie. I will want to see the new Saw, so maybe yeah. I should save Saw to the end and force myself to get through Paw Patrol so I can see Saw. See I Saw. am gonna go I think you should see Paw Patrol first because Paw Patrol might make you feel happy. It might make you feel like a bit uplifted and maybe a bit more positive in your life. And you're an American. We can't have that. So we're going to, so afterwards you'll have to watch the Saw movie to get back into the hopeless, desperate, scared, defeated place that American citizens need to be in. Yeah, in order to live in our current time. Yeah, I get it. Bunny! 
Yes. I've been waiting to tell you this news. I learned this a couple of days ago. It blew my mind, and I have been waiting specifically to tell you. Jeff Jarrett, the wrestler, used to live next door to Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift would regularly babysit Jeff Jarrett's kids. Was that before or after he was eating Subway sandwiches? No, not that. No, different Jared. I'm talking about Jeff Jarrett, the wrestler, Double J. Jeff Jarrett. He with had the a guitar. guitar. He would hit okay. people. He would he would hit people over the head with the guitar and call them slap nuts. He's one of the reasons why I stopped watching WCW. <laughs> okay. And Impact. Now he's on AEW and it's like, Ugh. but. Um, so oh, a picture appeared. crashed TNA? Uh, AEW, yeah. No, Jeff Jarrett eventually crashed his own company? Yeah. Yeah. Good. He good crashes up. every company he's in, which is good why I'm a bit him. worried that he's in <laughs> AEW right now. But, <coughs> so, Jeff so, Jarrett, the destroyer pictures of wrestling. So pictures leaked of Taylor Swift hanging out and playing the piano with Jeff Jarrett and his family. And people online said, oh, this must be, look at that, Jeff Jarrett and Taylor Swift. This must be Photoshopped. Who in their right minds would Photoshop Taylor Swift and Jeff Jarrett in the same picture? Jeff Jarrett. That's who. <laughs> it, it just makes no sense. Like, oh, I've been working nonstop for the past three days without sleep, but I've finally done it. I photoshopped a picture of Bronson Pinchot and Judith Light having a brunch. <laughs> like, why would anyone do this? Why have you spent time and energy? So, yeah. Taylor Swift and uh, Jeff Jarrett, good friends. Isn't that weird to Dude, know? That, that That is a bit weird, yeah. yeah. It's weird. And one final I, bit of news before okay, we get ahead. to this week's very, very powerful hat. Uh, where am I? Scientists at USC believe that they can make the human body regrow cartilage by studying lizards and how they regrow their tails. Now, in related news, apparently scientists at USC have never read a fucking Spider-Man comic book. <laughs> because damn, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want li the lizard? Because that's how you get the lizard. Yes. Oh, yes. funny. This just in. Scientists at USC, has a, they have successfully invented four long metal arms that attach to your torso and can be controlled with thoughts. Yeah. Nothing Very can go exciting. wrong there. Oh, wait. Funny. More breaking news. 
scientists at USC ha have discovered a way to turn green sweatered white men into sand. Yes. Huge news out of USC. But that go one's with the gonna other be that two. one's gonna be handy. That one really yeah, is, I, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spray oh, wait, graffiti funny. on the wall. You know. Just use the greens for this hand guy. Bunny, I'm sorry to have to interrupt you. I've got yet even more breaking news. Yes? A scientist at USC has successfully proven the existence of vampires. When questioned for comment, the lead scientist simply said, It's Morbin time. Yes. Oh! Bunny, one final bit of breaking news. I couldn't write one for Venom. I tried, oh. but I couldn't think of one. That's the last bit of breaking news. I didn't know how to word a Venom one right. But anyway, stay the hell away from USC, because they're making a Sinister Six. Yes, they are. So just stay the fuck away from that whole campus because they're making supervillains over there. Yes. Whoa. That's scary. So anyway, that's it for, um, what did I call it? The Popon Film Variety Hour. Um, we're going to take a, just, a, just a swipe and we're going to move into the historical part of our podcast, which I think I can do before... Uh, Zoom shuts off. Okay, I think I can do it. Here we go. Okay. All right. So, cut on the monologue and buddy. Play my intro. Stop meowing. Okay, you're ruining the podcast. We back? We back. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey. Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? Everybody loves it. It's sweeping the nation. It's Swiffer wet jetting the nation. But only uh, the real fans, the hardcore fans who have been with us since the beginning, would know the two main facts about the both of us. The two undeniably really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us America's hottest podcasting couple Bunny and Steve I uh, Bunny and Mei Lin sorry Bunny and Mei Lin I'd like to once again point out that we have such a good dynamic Bunny such a good rapport that uh, my friend Aurelia actually thought that we were married I I I, I saw that from somebody I don't remember who I still think that's wonderfully hilarious. I know that there's a lot of sexual tension between Bunny and I. Oh, but God, just yeah. keep it in your pants, people. <laughs> Save it for AO3. So, uh, the f first and foremost, Bunny, the first fact, which is about you, is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast, you are, in fact, a celebrated proctologist in the greater Colorado Springs area. So tell me, Bunny, what in your life led you to become a proctologist? And also, 
what sets you apart from other proctologists out there? Well, first, I became a, pro a proctologist because I just love assholes. You know, ever since I was a kid, I was just a real, just a, a real asshole person. And, and any time I could be around an asshole was the happiest moments of my life. Now, as for being a celebrated, a celebrated proctologist, that is a little confusing, and I do want to straighten, you know, straighten that out. It's not so much that I am a practitioner to uh, to famous celebrities, politicians, corporate magnates, or people of this kind. I I, I am more of a celebrated proctologist because I have a mariachi band. So when I am nice. performing proctological examinations, there there is really a swinging combo going on behind me, you know, because because yeah, the asshole is something to truly truly be celebrated with your fingers just uh, and getting a good look in there with the flashlight between your teeth and like ooh. I found peanuts. That's it. Antonio Banderas behind uh, me with the guitar. That's it. Uh, message for future Bunny. This should be the thumbnail because I'm looking really good right now. <laughs> this should be the thumbnail for, for that. YouTube makes I look those great. for me. Okay. Uh, and the second fact which would be about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. And so this is the part of the podcast where I find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know that well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of historic approximations, or as we like to call it, <laughs> Give me some dramatic music, bunny. <laughs> And to be clear, that is capital H, capital A, but small p. That small p is crucial. It's important. It's vital to the entire ebb and flow of the whole podcast. Also, this podcast did used to be called Steve's Historic Approximations, or SHAP, as we like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wanted us to or not. However, a Dead name is dead for a reason, and so we are moving on. So what is happening on half this week? I have got a short, sharp, a short, sharp half about two comic strip characters from France that I think got the shaft, the royal shaft, as we could say. And the people, the men and woman that shafted are two comic strip character heroes. Um, and the 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 uh, men and woman who shafted our two heroes are super famous household names. So to keep the suspense of the half, I won't be dropping the names of the people who screwed our two heroes until the end of the story. And I'd like to take this time to say, if at any point in time anyone listening to this figures out what this half is really about, please don't spoil it for anyone else. 
Okay? Let's try and keep the suspense alive. No spoilers. Okay. Did you get all that, Bunny? Are you ready? I believe so, yes. Okay. Let's do this. <coughs> the two characters are two heroes, both literally and figuratively, are named Johan and Peewit. Uh-huh. Those names are not those names are not household names in America, but I think that they should be. Johan and Peewit. These names should be super famous names. I saw the Johan and Peewit movie in theaters as a child. They they just go together well, like Lennon and McCartney. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh you got your chocolate and my peanut butter. You, you got my peanut butter and your chocolate. Um, and their creator, Johan and Peewit's creator, was a man named Pierre Cooleyford. And again, let me just say, if at any time you figure out what this half is really about, please don't spoil the ending. No spoilers. So, Pierre Cooleyford was born in Brussels in 1928. He loved to draw, and when he became a little bit older, he thought he hit the big time when he was hired for an animation studio. Ooh, hey, it's the big time for our boy Pierre. But no, the studio opened, and then they quickly closed. But for Pierre, he knew, for his small time working at this animation studio, he knew that drawing was his passion. So we started... Gotcha. So we started making daily comic strips for newspapers until he hit the big time. See, there's a very popular French-Belgian French weekly comics strip magazine called Spirou. It started in 1938, and it still comes out weekly to this day, which I think is impressive. It was created to compete, compete with the popular French comics of the day, like Tintin and so on. Yeah. So in 19... 52, Johan and Peewit started appearing in Spiru magazine, which was very much the big time. Johan and Peewit was a comic strip set in medieval times. Okay. This is important. Medieval times. Very sword and sorcery type stuff. Uh, evil sorcerers around a cauldron making spells. Maybe there's an animal that is the evil uh, sorcerer's hat. This is all, again, very important to the story. It'll all make sense at the end. But this was set in the medieval times. It stars Johan, the brave young debonair page to the king. The, t the king is never named. And Peewit was his for lack of a better word, and I'm quoting directly from Wikipedia, Peewit was Johan's midget sidekick. His comedy relief. The the asterisk and obelisk sort of French-Belgian relationship. That was Johan and Peewit. Johan was the hero. Peewit was the, the tiny little guy. Johan and Peewit ran in this prestigious... Spirou magazine for years and years. They were collected into books, graphic novels, 
Small toy figurines were made. Wink noise in parentheses. Puppets and an okay amount of merchandise. Not as much as what was to come, but uh, we're almost there. We're almost there. So Johan and Peewit got into medieval adventures, met a wild cast of characters. Here's a couple of them. There was the unnamed king. He never learned who the, name, who the king was. There was the tomboy, Princess Sabina. There was Homnibus, the friendly enchanter. There was the gossipy Lady Barbara. Peewit had a brave young pet goat named Biscuit. And six years into Johan and Peewit's run in Spiru magazine, specifically in October of 1958, there was a uh, plot line that would change everything. Johan and Peewit, oh, uh, uh, our man, the artist Pierre Cruyford, was always looking to add new, fun, crazy characters into these medieval stories that are happening in the medieval times. So in October of 1958, Johan and Peewit are told by Homnibus, the friendly enchanter, about a magical flute that he must retrieve. But oh no, the flute is being held by a mischievous group of magical creatures who live in the mystical woods and they always cause mischief. Uh, and these mischievous magical creatures were known as Le Strumpfs. Le Strumpfs. Which is fun to say. It sounds like your tongue is sneezing. Le Strumpfs. So Johan and Peewit get the flute, Homnibus does his magic, and boom. End of story. End of those throwaway secondary characters. We can bring them back in like a year or two. But the readers loved Le Strumpfs. They wanted more Le Strumpfs. So Pierre's like, okay, I'll bring Le Strumpfs back because the fans love them. There you go. There's a bit more of the world of Le Strumpfs. And now we are done. Oh, but the fans want more. And they want Le Strumpf toys and Le Strumpf figurines. Okay, I'll bring Le Strumpfs back. Again, and again, and again, until it becomes crystal clear to Pierre Coulifford, who loves Johan and Peewit, that people only want a Le Strumpfs and not Johan and Peewit, not our boys, Y and P. Uh, so eventually, Johan and Peewit are shelved, and Le Strumpfs explode in popularity. Toys. Games, dolls, so many frickin' figurines! They are everywhere. Eventually, they decide to make a movie. A major studio in France says, we're going to make a movie on Le Strumps. And Pierre Coulifford says, hey, I can direct it for you. You want me to direct the movie? I, After all, I did create Le Strumps. So they say, okay, Pierre, you can direct the movie. And he goes, great. And hey, while I'm directing, maybe uh, maybe we should put Johan and Peewit into it. Because those were his favorite characters. He wanted Johan and Peewit to explode, not Le Strumpfs. So uh, 
Johan and Peewit are the stars of the movie, along with Le Schramps, and and hey, yo, uh, Pierre's like, hey, this movie will explode all over the world, and then Johan and Peewit will be popular again, and I can get back to my love, my first love, which is creating the medieval world of Johan and Peewit. So in 1976 in Belgium, the animated film La Flute a Six Strumps was released, and it did fairly okay. But, sadly, it did not ig- reignite the duo of Johan and Peewit. But I'm here's sad. the odd bit. The Johan and Peewit animated movie would actually receive a massive United States theatrical run. But, really? there was a catch... The Johan and Peewit animated movie would would get a massive U.S. release, but not for another six years. Can you tell me why, Bunny? Tell you why for another six years? Uh, because they were communist. No. Because in 1976, most Americans didn't know who the Strumpfs were. Pause for dramatic effect in parentheses. But by 1980-3, the movie La Flute a Six Strumpfs was renamed. Because mid-80s, Americans sure as shit knew who the F the Smurfs were. Boom! Big reveal! I'm a pickle! Okay. And that's why Gargamel is all cauldrony and roby, and he's got his cauldron, and he's doing spells, because the Smurfs are from medieval times, bitches! Okay. Now that's what we call a Shyamalan. Yeah, so we owe the creation of the Smurfs to a medieval comic strip from the 1950s called Johan and Peewit. I think that it's a shame that Johan and Peewit are not known, but they made 100 trillion freaking Smurf figurines. I find that fascinating. Well, uh, I don't know how exactly true that is. I mean, that might be the what? representation of Smurfs in like the cartoons and movies and stuff. But that, but I don't think that they influenced the little figures. The little figures were just yeah. some goofy shit that caught on, and they were everywhere. Oh God! Anyway, I'm surprised that more people, I'm surprised that more people don't know about Johan and Peewit. So that's it for historic approximations this week. Be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with. And cut on that. We're gonna take about a ten minute break. We're gonna show some cartoons and some movies and have a little bit of fun. When we come back, we get to talking about this week's movie. Creed! We're getting into the good modern day movies and I'm excited about that. So!
Stick around. We'll be right back with more. So stick around. Don't move. Just sit. Just, just sit down and wait for the show to be back. I swear to God, if you if we come back for the show and you're not sitting there waiting, I swear to God, I will break you in half. I will break you in half. Don't you test me. Sit there and wait. Much, much later. Hey, Grandpa, tell me about the time you committed treason. Well, our president was a racist and a rapist, and he lost re-election. So we decided to break into the Capitol and try and hang the vice president and kill a bunch of people. And I saw somebody take a big shit in, in a hallway. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty great time, and, and that's my story. That's not a very good story, Grandpa. Well, fuck you, you piece of shit! Between work and school, I'm a very busy person. I don't have time to meet that special someone. So I went to loverstate.com, paid the $700 fee, and filled out the questionnaire, which they obviously ignored. Hello? Hey, baby. My name's Ted the Stead. Ted the Stead? Yeah, um, it's really Ted the Stud, but, uh, that don't rhyme. <laughs> I wanted someone who was financially stable. 
Oh, okay. Are you ready to go? Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> Are you going to pay for this? Because I spent my last five bucks on some lottery tickets and some 40 ounces. <laughs> oh, never mind. I got some Chef R.D. in the car. Be right back. I wanted somebody who was sweet. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah, amazing what you find when your neighbors don't lock the car door. <laughs> you need a Bible? <laughs> I wanted a person who was family-minded. So, do you have any kids? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure somewhere. Hey, who is that there, that there picture of you? That's my sister. Cute. How about later on you, me, and her get together? In the bedroom. I wanted someone adventurous. Uh, are you expecting somebody? No. Look, uh, if it's the cops, I'm not here. You're wanted by the cops? Yeah, look, it's a little bit of a misunderstanding. <laughs> See, I, I didn't know she was 15. I, I thought she was 12. <laughs> I wanted someone to call me unexpectedly and tell me they needed me. Hello? Hey, baby. Ted, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I know, baby, but I need you real bad. The cops got me. <laughs> I need bail money like now. It cost me 20 minutes of my time to fill out the questionnaire, $700 to join, one bad date, 20 calls a night for two weeks, and another $200 to file a restraining order. Thanks a lot, loversdate.com. Loversdate.com, we just promised you a date. Wow. This room, this room is perfect. The, the aura in here, man. Oh, just... Mmm, so good. This is a great, great room. Yeah, I mean, this room is exactly like the one downstairs. I mean, you can do whatever you want. With a it. shrine right there on the oh, wall. Yes, a shrine with incense. Yes, can you smell the incense everywhere? Yes. And my Chopra poster. Chopra, wasn't he an extra on Star Trek? And my sign. My sign right there. Oh, yes, my sign. Well, we'll have to move the TV. Yes, throw it out. We oh, yes, get rid of it all together. Man. Well, we don't. You don't need a TV downstairs if you don't want it. No, no. that TV. Yes. That TV? No. That one. Wait, wait, are you talking oh. about moving in here? Well, yeah, man. No, 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 you guys can't move in here. <laughs> well, why not? Uh, it's so perfect. Um... Um, mm. I, I, I I sleep in the nude. Well, me too, man.
Rebels! You can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. I think I'm gonna procrastinate a little bit more. Oh, oh, oh. Hitting up and strings without my right hand. Using my left hand, singing. I need to quit singing so I can start drinking. Here I go. Dark in the city, night is a while. Steaming the subway, the world is on fire. Woman, you won't make give me a sign. Catch my breathing even closer behind. With the ground, I'm a hot down after you. I smell like a sound, I lost in a crowd, and I'm hungry like I was. Cross the line, a discord and rhyme. I'm on a hunt down after you. My mouth is alive with juices and wine, and I'm hungry like I was. Stuck in the forest, too close behind to be a funny by the moonlight side. I'm a drumming, I'm just skin so tight. You feel my heat, I'm just a moment behind. Touch with the ground, I'm on a hunt down after you. I smell like a sign, I'm lost and I'm found. And I'm hungry like the world. I straddle out of the line, a discord and rhyme. Howling and winding after you. My mouth is lying, I'm running inside. And I'm hungry like the world. Hey, hungry like the world. I'm on a hunt down up dial. I smell like a sound. I'm lost and I'm found. And I'm hungry like the wolf. I'm out of line. It's discord and rhyme. Cause I'm on a hunt down up you. My mouth is lined with juices and wine. I'm on a hungry like the wolf. Burning the ground. Break from the crowd. I'm on a hunt down after you. I sent it the sound. I'm lost and I'm found. And I'm hungry like the wall. Crunch line, a discord and rhyme. I'm on a hunt down after you. My mouth is alive. I run inside. And I'm hungry like the wall.
I bust a sweat doing that song. <sighs> that deserves a drink. Don't mind if I do. Judge me by my size, do you? Mm. My penis you have not seen. Huge it is. Mm. Yes. Suck it, you will. Mm. my whole life. It's not a choice for me. Every punch I ever thrown has been on my own. Nobody showed me how to do this. I'm ready. Sick, sick, sick eyes from the nose pressure. Surely slip, zip ties on the protesters. Six wives in the fry of a mold weather. Medimatic caviar bar out in Odessa. Dirty needles breaking all the old records. Hundred holes on shovelless old treasure. That's a gold test of finger rolls, finger waves, watching from the old level. This picture's from the 10th round of the first fight, right? I heard about a third fight between you and Apollo. Behind closed doors. Is that true? How do you know all this? I'm a son. And wear gloves for the reason why I can't toss. Scared thugs going crazy in a cage box. Looking at the world through the TV, a day room, rapping over beats. They made electric chairs for us, Dandy. Last meal, snow and pills, then the tri state. Death row like sugar in a 
great fighter once said, it ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. See this guy here? That's the toughest opponent you're ever going to have to face. I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. Now show me something. my friend it is time once again for all of us here at the pope on film podcast to do the time warp again into the third and final segment of the show and it is said third segment wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all new high fiber low fat high fiber zero calories high high fiber all natural ridiculously high fiber like so high non-gmo and you just shit your pants that's how high the fiber count is so high you just pooped yourself uh movie of the week and this week we continue our season long summer of yo yo bunny I gotta do what I gotta do. One step at a time. One 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 punch. One fight. One something. And this week we continue our season-long summer of Yo! by moving into the modern age with a look at the 2015 film-slash-soft franchise reboot, Creed! Creed. My God. Funny, after an entire summer of a few up. Uh, and a shit ton of downs. Uh, we have finally made it to the modern day Creed trilogy of Rocky movies. What are your thoughts so far about this trilogy of Creed movies? Funny. And that's really all there? I have to say about that. Okay, it, it 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 was all jumpy on my end, but I'm sh I didn't hear a word you said, but I'm assuming that what you said was beautiful. Oh, 
Yes, what a, what a beautiful speech, and I couldn't have said it better myself. It, it was um, one of the so the Rocky, Rocky French- movies while still being really pretty much a piece of crap. Yeah. I liked it. I like a new, fresh take on what has become a very stale series. Okay, yeah. And I like... But, but they they had to wedge the plot into the into the movie with a fucking spoon. Like, like this movie... Yeah smells of plot by committee. It's just like, well, you know, the focus groups really show that the audience loved Apollo Creed, so maybe we should do something with Apollo Creed's son. Well, well, uh, Apollo Creed didn't have a son. Well, he didn't know, and good Christ... The convoluted plot that they had to go through to get this guy into this movie to be its hero while ripping off liberally from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to do it. When you said the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I was... I wasn't expecting Creed to be a accountant of some kind. I'm, I'm but I was some, hoping I'm to see a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in the neighborhood, but I never saw them. There was no Carlton. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm upset about. So the Rocky franchise has nine movies. Nine. And I would just like to take a moment to pat Sly Stallone on the back for writing... All of the previous six movies in our Summer of Yo. He has written all of the first six movies by himself. However, (laughs) I I found Creed to be a bit of a relief to have a different writer at the helm of the series. Uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone helped write this. He probably wrote all of his parts, but the rest were all... uh, for lack of a better word, I like that this is less Caucasian and less Guido of a Rocky film. I could go with that, sure. I I appreciate just being honest. This was less Guido-y and more, uh, uh, you know, minority-driven, and I love that. I love seeing that in a a a, a Rocky movie for once. Rocky doesn't know what it. It's in the cloud means? No. I, I have a hard time. Well, well, he, it, Adonis, Donnie takes a picture of what Rocky wrote, and Rocky's like, don't you want to take this paper? And he says, oh, I got a picture of it. Well, what if you lose your phone? It's in the cloud. And he, and Rocky immediately starts looking up at the sky. And it's like, okay, I know that he's, like, punch drunk, but I, I'm i assuming he would know. But was he punch drunk? Exactly what Rocky were we getting here? I was very confused. I mean, he had the hat. He didn't seem quite as stupid as he used to be, but, but he certainly was no rocket scientist. He, he, yeah. he was kind of a... 
a proto-Rocky, like kind of kind of a a blank, a neutral yeah. almost. And really, come on, Apollo Creed's stepmom or whatever you might call her. Give me a that woman does not exist. That woman did not does Although, not exist. Who went out there spending her money? To search for her dead husband's bastard child? I, I, I will say I was happy to see Felicia Rashad again. Yes. That made me happy just seeing her in a major motion picture. This is exactly how I felt when I saw the comedic horror thriller The Menu and saw that Judith Light from Who's the Boss was in that movie. Really? Yay! Good for you, Judith Light. Great to see you again. And are it's we, been a while. Are we supposed to believe that he is the only bastard child of Apollo Creed, or would she have more kids in that house than Annie's orphanage? Or, um, or, uh, uh, yeah, like an orphanage. That would be how many. I was trying to think of a joke, but it might be a bit too high. Uh, so this is the story, basically, of a stockbroker who is still street and returns to boxing. Yeah. Yeah. It, there, there was a, there was one scene when you f see him for the first time in the office typing. I was like, "It is this Fight Club? Yeah, is he a space monkey? I'm, I'm a bit confused. I assumed that Rocky didn't know what the phrase in the cloud meant just because Tommy Gunn effed him up that bad. Yeah." And now he just doesn't get it. But I, I will say that yet again, here we have the uh, badly written love interest because there has to be one. But I would much rather have Tessa freaking Thompson than a screechy McOwl face Talia Shire. So before we get too deep in the movie, a couple of things I, I, I want to I wanna put out there that's not really related, but it's worth mentioning anyway. Uh, for some reason, the latest okay. version of Plexum running is kind of crap, and it's misidentifying movies okay. quite a bit. So, I, I guess technically, I did not watch Creed. I watched rule number one, there are no ghosts. An Asian film of some sort. I do not know but that's what I played and and guys boxed. So that's one thing. Second, okay, that's odd. Just while watching the movie just by chance, uh I I wound up uttering a phrase that I feel is so brilliant and so wise and really says who I am 
that this, I have decided this is what I want on my tombstone. Okay? Okay. Hit me. I can't fairly judge the baklava being this high. I like that. That's cute. I can't fairly judge the baklava being this high. That is a great phrase. I will say. That's a that is a good that is a good phrase. If you were wandering through a cemetery and you saw that on somebody's tombstone, you would think you about take that a the pause. rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Okay, enough of that, but back to the movie. Man, they uh, really didn't like social workers, huh? Yeah. Uh, I have not held back this summer on how much I hate Wally as a character. Yeah. Uh, because he's the, he, he has been the effing worst throughout this entire series, but, um, I felt a wee bit sad seeing Rocky visit, uh, Adrian and Polly's tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm only hoping that Rocky paid for a second, Paid for an extra large casket for Polly so he could be buried with his 1980s robot. Yes. Yeah. The, although, the true although, love of his. Although when when Rocky gave Adonis Polly's old room, the only thing I could possibly think about is like, motherfucker, what must it smell like in there? Yeah. You know, like, like just sweat and bourbon and farts and cigars. You know, just and like patchouli. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was like, you know, it it would have been Rocky would have been kinder if he said, "We we used to raise a Vietnamese pot-bellied pig in this room." <laughs> That would yeah. be, would have been more kind to Polly's memory. Yeah, I imagine Polly's room smelled like a barbecue restaurant covered in sweat. Yes, that's what I would imagine Polly's room smelled like. But I still found it kind of sad seeing Polly's tombstone. And speaking of tombstones. Wildly inappropriate segue alert! Okay. Stallone originally uh, refused to be in this movie. Let me tell you why. Okay. <laughs> remember, remember when we saw Rocky V and uh, Rocky Jr. is played by Stallone's own son? Yeah. Well, apparently, that young son is dead. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, Rocky's son, uh, Sylvester Stallone's son, who played Rocky's son in Rocky V, 
died right before they started work uh, before they started casting Creed. Wow. So they so they went to Sylvester Stallone and they're like, "Hey, can you be in this movie?" And he's like, "Oh, absolutely not. No, my son just died. I can't. I can't do it." But they uh, convinced him to do the film as a tribute to him. Uh, Stallone talked about it during his Golden Globe acceptance speech because he won Best Supporting Actor at the Golden Globes, not at the Oscars. But, yeah, apparently doing this movie helped him get over the grief of losing his son. I I forgot all about his son because I was thinking, like, you know, the real movie would be Rocky has a son. That would be the real movie. Adonis Creed versus whatever his name was, Stallone. Just have the kids go at it. What was his name? Um, I don't know. All I, all I, I, I never wrote down his real name. I only wrote down uh, Jess from Gilmore Girls in my yeah. notes. So I don't know Jess from Gilmore Girls. I know who you're talking about. So that's good. Uh, it is kind of odd seeing training montages in a Rocky movie without uh, uh, cheesy 80s music from the band Survivor. (laughs) Yes. I miss Survivor. Yes, and I kind of felt that Creed had the eye of the possum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I found it to be... So recently, I learned that uh, I have a, a bit of uh, biases within myself that I need to work on. I was looking at the news and a few months ago my small town was decimated by a tornado. And I was looking at the news and I saw that it, it said uh, foreigner donates $100,000 to help uh, small Oklahoma town rebuild and I saw that headline and I'm like oh what foreigner okay I'm going to open up this article I want to know what foreigner it's probably some sort of Chinese businessman or and then I looked it up and uh, no it was the band foreigner they were having a concert in town and they donated $100,000 to help Oh, so it was not a foreigner, it was foreign. No, it wasn't a foreigner. It it was the band Foreigner, but they didn't lead with the band in the headline. They just put Foreigner Donates, and it's like, oh, okay. Apparently, I have some uh, biases. Which you could have, well, I no, need to you could have done that back in the 80s, and everybody would have known. Yeah. But no, I yeah, mean... Yeah. I, I, I didn't even know that that band was still alive, collectively. Yeah. Yeah. Foreigner. They want to know what love is. Yes, they want you do. to tell them. So, Adonis Creed, the son of 
the deceased Apollo Creed wants to make a name for himself in the boxing world. He gets Rocky Balboa to come out of retirement to train him. And then he has a match, and Rocky comes out with him, and he wins the match. But then right after that, it leaks. Oh, no, it leaks that he's the, uh, the bastard son of Apollo Creed. And I am sorry, but I live right here in the real world. The moment people see Rocky Balboa come out of retirement in the corner of a young black boxer, people will fucking know. There's no leaking needed. Yeah, yeah. People will just know it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but but again, now, now, yeah. But first we have to go through the obligatory I want you to train me. No, I can't train you. And like, you know he's going to train them so it's just like, alright, let me nap through the filler. Okay, and the filler is we do the obligatory hot girlfriend. But he's talking to Rocky and like, I heard there was a third fight. He was like, how do you know all this? Like, yeah, how do you know all this? You weren't there. You were a bastard child in the penitentiary. Okay? You don't know any of this. And, you know, there's he knows because ESPN came with his bundled services. Yeah, there yeah, you go. That was, that was the only reason. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, but... are, you are creed in name only. You know nothing about this it, man. And the fact of it is, is like, your son does not become a boxer because you were a boxer. It's not genetic. It's more believable that Adonis Creed came out and said, Hi, I'm Adonis Creed. I just cured cancer. Then he'd be a doctor. You tend to be as far different from whatever the hell your dad was. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then Adonis' girlfriend but, but, gets pissed that he didn't race tell her. Is the good fucking acting. The good acting yeah. made it easier to eat the shit that was being shoveled. Yes. Yes, good acting. There is good acting in this. And what was with the uh, sandwich shop? What the fuck? Huh? What the fuck was with the street food? They stopped. They stopped into a street a street sandwich shop, and it had elegant dining in the back. What the hell? Hey, that's just how Philly is. I don't know. I'm not sure if that part of the sandwich shop was even in Philly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, Adonis's girlfriend has every right to be pissed that Adonis didn't tell her about his family lineage, but also... How dense do you gotta be when Rocky Balboa, again, when Rocky Balboa comes out of retirement to train 
a no one that no one has ever heard of, like, hey, Valkyrie, you should have figured this shit out. Yeah. You know? He wins a match against a local boy, and the trainer leaks the news. And quick pause for a minute. Um, Rocky comes out of retirement to train you. He is sick. He is dealing with cancer. His wife is dead. His best friend is dead. He has very little, if anything. But he comes out of retirement to train you. He takes you in. He makes you chase the chicken, not a euphemism. And he even lets you move into his home. And what do you do to repay him? You have sweaty sex with Valkyrie on the man's couch. Yeah. Yuck. That's gross. Other people are going to sit there. The Italian stallion's butt is going to fart there later. Maybe he already farted it's there. Not it's not. Ew! That's even grosser. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Maybe he's already had sex on that couch. So Rocky has a fall. He's diagnosed <laughs> with. Huh. Fucking Ollie. <coughs> I I I just the first Rocky movie came out in nine seven seven. Yeah. And then the majority of the series is just so... The majority of the Rocky series is just dripping 80s. Even some yeah. of the movies that were done in the 90s, even uh, Rocky V, which came out in the 90s, technically, is still dripping 80s. And I just love finally seeing some modern talks, some good acting, heart. Rocky V pissed me off so much that I refused to watch any of the other Rocky movies. So Creed, Creed 2, Creed 3, I'm going in 100% blind, and it's just, it's a breath of fresh air to see this film after all the other Rocky movies that we have seen. You know? Yeah. And, 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 and I, I need to go back to Felicia Rashad, okay? She's talking to little Adonis... And he's like, yeah. I don't have a father. You had a father. He died, but you had a... Okay, uh, Felicia? We're not talking about immaculate conception here. We know physically there was a fucking father. But this kid had no father. Yeah, literally. What's wrong with her? You had a father. He just died. Yeah, that's what, Bye, that's what not having a father means. <laughs> Bunny, what was the name of that Corona movie? Where they named the character yeah, Felicia it was just so something. that they could say. <laughs> Which one? What was... There was a killer. Uh, COVID killers. The Corona... The COVID, the COVID killer. There you go. Yeah. That was it. And there were two yeah. of them. Yeah. And I believe so. So sorry I remember even that much. Wow. You remembered. So he heads to Liverpool to fight the scene where he unwraps the trunks. Again, you know, 
the Rocky movies are just sports Godzilla movies because you watch it and here's this big film and this long film and it's like, it, okay, it doesn't matter what happens to the humans because you're just here for the fight. Yeah. You're just here to see the big time fights and uh, the movie was good and I liked it. I liked the character work. There seemed to be actual acting in this film, but then like he unwraps the trunks and it's like, damn it. These movies get me at the end every time, and I found myself choked up. <coughs> then again, I am on estrogen, so it's very easy to get me choked up. Yeah. Still, the ending it got me choked up. I don't know. That uh, was just the most obvious thing in the world. Okay. Before so, I even so saw the movie, some... I said he better be wearing his father's trunks when he fights. He did. He did. I've got a filter on which automatically adds lipstick, and so by putting my finger over my mouth, it, it's it's messing up the filter. So I'm basically just playing over here. It's... Is, is that what that is? Everyone's, I, I just saw the flashing, he, and it's been flashing yeah, no. through the whole thing. I know because I'm effing it up by putting my finger over it. It keeps flashing to me. Yeah, it keeps it keeps going to me to from me to Eleanor. Ten it's, it's a lot of fun. Ten minute warning. It, so here's what I was thinking, uh, Eleanor. Uh, earmuffs. Uh, no, hold on. I I can I can build it up. So uh, there's there's some homoeroticism in just the concept of boxing. Oh, oh like two God, yes. Sweaty, half-naked men just staring daggers at each other, and I was watching this fight at the end. It's fight night. The fighters are staring at each other, just staring at each other eye to eye, and they come out in music, and the guy's like the whole time just, you know, hitting his gloves together and just staring at this man. This man is going to go in the ring this man he's going to take down. I'm going to go down. I'm going to take down. So I think that the ring music should be like, okay, you have badass ring music. Okay, you've got intimidating ring music. What if the ring music adds to the psychology? So that's why I'm thinking if I'm ever a boxer and I'm going to a fight just to mess with the person I'm fighting with, I'm picking the uncensored version of Nine Inch Nails Closer. Okay. As my music. So while I'm walking out to the ring, staring at the fighter, the whole time Trent Reznor's just, I wanna fuck you like an animal! <laughs> you know, as a way to really mess with the guy and the whole time I'm just staring at him. Maybe yeah. a little kissy face. Afterwards, at the restaurant downstairs, that's what I would do. You know? Yeah. No. Psychology starts with the music. I would definitely come out with with Oh Mickey. Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind, hey, Mickey. Uh, we were singing hey, that today, because, weren't we, because Eleanor? That. Weren't we just? It is known yeah. a known fact that that song will get in his head. That song yeah. will get in his head and it won't let go. 
and you will be fighting him, and in the back of his head somewhere, through the whole fight, will be, Oh, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. I gotta say, I am shocked Strategy. to have seen... Huh? I am shocked to have seen a Rocky movie with so little Bill Conti music. Yes. But at round 12, at, right at the beginning of round 12, when you hear that Bill Conti score, I'm marked out. Yeah. I'm marked out like a wrestling fan at WrestleMania. I marked out when I heard that that theme music. The theme music. I got excited. I got excited. That's all I've got for Creed. Were there any yo's that you counted? I didn't count any yo's. We got three yo's. Three yo's? Okay. Okay. I wasn't counting, but the movie was so good that I just I just didn't count. Yeah. I just didn't... I wasn't really paying attention at all to the yo's in this. So there were three yo's. Well, like I said, the only So where are we now? Where does that... Uh, oh, I don't know what the total is offhand. We're, we're, we're in okay. something like the 80s. Yeah. I can throw the pre-roll screen back up. It's up over there. Hey, let's just do that. Oh, no. It's Every 85 Once yo's. in a while. So this brings us... How to, many? So we were at 85 yo's. 85. So now plus three. So 80... 88 yo's. Do you think there's... So there is a small possibility that we could get to a hun, to triple digits by the end of this summer. That's huge in the possible. yo department. Do we only have two more that for the is summer, or incredible. do you have something else hanging out back there? Nope, two more. Okay. We have two more. Yeah, we have two more. Uh, but I'm super excited to watch uh, the next film, Rocky Two, because this one is a direct sequel to Rocky Four. I just would like to put out of my head his entire origin story and just be like, okay, yeah, that's Paul Grey's kid. He's fighting now. And leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Because his actual origin story so, drives me a bit batshit. Yeah, yeah, understandable. So that is it for Creed this week. In our next episode, we will be doing Creed 2 and... We will have a, uh, a musical guest, Adriano Celentano, will be performing a song um, in no specific language uh, next week. Very excited about that. Uh, and if you can, uh, track down the horror thriller comedy, The Menu, because Judith Wright is in it. And this, it is this is one people were talking about just like a month wonderful. or so ago, right? Huh? This was the... Isn't Ralph Fiennes in it? Yes, yes, Yeah, yes. this is that, that movie. Great a movie. Was like, a, like a month or so ago, people were talking about it. 
Yeah, wonderful movie. I absolutely love that movie. I had no idea what it was about. I thought it was about food, and it didn't sound interesting. No, it's like it's like it's like this horror movie. Yeah. It 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 gets pretty intense, and I absolutely loved it. It's like a it's like a famous chef, but if he was also a cult leader. So Guy Fieri. Which isn't that much of a stretch. Yeah. So Guy yeah. Fieri, right? Yeah. It's a really good movie. I like it. But uh Creed I, 2. I get Guy Fieri and, the... and 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 uh and uh Jared Leto confused all the time. which one is the cult leader again? All the time. I'm pretty sure Jared Jared Leto is the cook. And Guy Fieri is Guy Fieri is my Joker. Yeah. My Jokers are Cesar Romero and Guy Fieri. Period. He's got a cult. They own the flavor town. Oh, no. Oh, no. The Joker has poisoned the water supply in flavor town. I love I'm I'm writing a really bizarre fan fiction in my head right now. But, uh... Uh, Creed 2, that's next week. We're going back to uh, Rocky Four, and I'm excited. We're going back to Rocky Four with Creed 2, and I'm excited about that. But, yeah, uh, Creed 2, or as the Plex is concerned, the 1992 movie Ticks. Oh, Ticks? Yeah. So that's why when we do the podcast next week, Bunny, the whole time will just be like this. Trying to get the ticks out. Yeah. Scratching behind his ear with his feet. I had to watch the beginning of all three movies so I was so I know which movie is which. Ah, gotcha. I think it's because I, I, I uh, named them no, whenever it's just I, it's, it's just Plex then, huh? Odd. You you just name them C one, C two, and C three. Yeah. yeah. So, so I thought that maybe that was the reason. Okay, yeah. less than a minute. I've got this. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, Creed two, uh, Les Strongs. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and Taylor Swift of Romance Made in Heaven. I gotta say, this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast, buddy. Do you, uh, agree? This has been a damn good episode. Good. I uh, felt the same way, but you make that decision. I didn't want to step on your toes. Anyway, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I've been Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Maylin, and on behalf of Eleanor, Natasha, Max, and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Bye! Eleanor, Trump? You just said Trump? Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. Oh!